You're listening to The Dude Grow Show, coming straight out of Denver, Colorado, bringing you marijuana grow knowledge, news, and culture. At the tone, the time will be 4.20. Exactly. What is growing on? What's going on with the Grow Talk? It's not what's growing on. It's Grow Talk, guys. Best show yeah. of the week. Best show. I don't know. I said about all the shows. I have a blast with all of them, man. Love talking cannabis today. We're going to talk heavy Grow Talk. Got about nine questions in. Uh, just to go all across the board. Scotty's got some uh, dudegrows.com updates. And how's it How's it hanging in your neck of the woods? Oh, man. it's uh, It's been real good, man. Just been playing around trying to... Actually, man, I got to even play around in my grow room this week, man, so I can't complain. My kid's been away for a week, so Scotty will play, man. Went down there and just cleaned everything up. Did one. I actually, uh, uh, I think I sent Jay Maestro a, a text message at 5.45 his time, man, so it was about three 3.40 my time, man, and that's when I got out of the garden a couple nights ago. But just getting everything tight, tight, man, enjoying it. And, uh, yeah, I've been also playing around it. even after everything's done on the garden. Then I have to, you know, I have no more excuses. I went over to dudegrows.com and started <laughs> started working on the website again, man. But, uh, yeah, things are going good, man. Check it out. I tried to make it a little bit nicer, man. I uh, got a couple plans for uh, coming up in the future, man, some really cool shit. And, yeah, that's about it, man. That's about it. That's about it. Yeah, garden can definitely keep you busy. I can tell you, we'll talk more about it Wednesday, but the uh, Spectrum King is in effect. It's getting moved over to the taller ceiling room, and so far, so good. But, I don't know, every once in a while, usually gardening is very enjoyable. Sometimes I'm super busy. I'm like, damn, shit, I got to do this, 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 and this in the garden. And I, you always, you're on, you got to be on time. You got to be on that garden schedule. There's no, oh, I'll get to it next week. And then everything's dead. So it can be frustrating, but then. Wait, uh, not not even dead, man. All right. Cause I don't have that situation. My shit will fucking live. It, by the way, I knew a guy that went to jail for three months and came back and his garden was still alive. His oh, land, la- landlord found it and was just putting plain water on it. <laughs> he was like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> <laughs> this is cool, man. But um, you can run a garden and, and, and let it grow, and it'll grow like shit, man. I got that situation right now downstairs, man. I'm so discouraged by one of my flowering rooms. Everything just grew super tall into the lights while I was gone. I was in California, then I was traveling a little bit after that, and everything just grew right into the lights, man. So that's just shit, man. I actually went and and actually had to trim some of the tops. It was like week 10 days in. I trimmed off the shit that was into the lights and just had to really be aggressive bending things, and now I got a bunch of tall, spindly plants. 
and it's it's just such a bummer, man. So I went in and actually <laughs> I, I did what I could, and then I went and just bent everything, or I'm sorry, I went into to veg and just kind of did the work that you need to do in veg. Good flowering starts in veg. It starts with making short squat plants with tons of nutrition in them and plenty of light and that are trimmed pretty much every week to 10 days, you know, and all the crap down down low is is pulled off early, not late. You know, all that stuff, that's how you get your two pounds per light, man. That's how you get your weight, in my opinion. And it, <laughs> it ain't from, uh, you know, just strain selection or, you know, nutrients or pot size. It's how you fucking grow those plants. You got to grow short squat bushes, man. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, and, yeah, it just sometimes can be super busy, of course, with outdoor plants. And then when you find something like... Uh, Russet mites, etc. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna be like pulling a Scotty here and getting into what's going on in my grill. You gotta wait till Wednesday for that. So what? Give a quick update, man. <laughs> what you're reinventing the wheel? You remind me sometimes of Cat right. Williams. Cat Williams, the comedian guy, says, "Man, a brother, sometimes you just gotta keep throwing shit at the wall, throwing shit, throwing shit, throwing shit, and then." Shit starts to stick here and there. So, dudegrows.com has gone through. Wait, wait. Doesn't Cat Williams, that's a good comparison because doesn't he every now and again he nut up and run around naked and shit, man, screaming that he's on fire? Yeah, a little bit. That has to do with drugs, probably, though. But all right, all right. Regardless, yeah, what's what's your recent uh, endeavors at dudegrows.com? <laughs> Guys, it is all updated, I'll tell you, as far as the shows go. Sorry, some of you were listening over there, and we didn't have the shows going up. They're all they're all up there now, and uh, take it away, Scotty. What do you got? What's yeah. going on over there? I just want to say, you know, it happens to the best of us, man. You know, I, I forgive Cat, man. Everybody gets a pass every now and again, man. Still one funny motherfucker, man. <laughs> uh, you know, man, I was uh, actually when I was putting those shows up, the, you know, I, dude, I slacked. You know, I'm kind of doing everything myself as far as production goes. So I slacked on putting them on Dude Grows. I had like nine shows to throw on DudeGrows.com, and it asks you for a featured image, you know, something to, you know, an image to go along with the show. And I was trying to pick original images, and that's kind of where I was like looking for, looking for original images, and the best ones are from the meme generator, man. So kind of put two and two together. I'm going to start pulling original images from the meme from the meme generator. So it's kind of a chance where I you know I think uh, I played with it a couple nights ago. I made sure actually last night made sure it worked really good. Uh, as far as I just put my name in the meme title, you know, Scotty Real in the meme title because it's like the kind of just gives you a little bit of credit i guess and then uh just name the meme whatever i wanted you know i seen blue magoo from uh jr token was up there shit looked crazy good uh that became one of one of the one of the featured what the hell do they call man images god damn man remind me not yeah, to like smoke image time man yeah <laughs> yeah it used to be just a dumb dude grows image man but i started just pulling unique art there's so much cool shit there man so uh that's what i'm gonna start doing from now on man is we're gonna use that meme generator hopefully we can all throw our dank buds uh pics of it up on the meme generator and then uh yeah i'm gonna just choose from their show art man and that meme generator and it's when you when you submit them there i think it's at dudegrows.com slash meme or just on the home page there's a bunch of thumbs up thumbs down there man where you get to vote for shit uh let's vote for our favorite our favorite picks man our favorite memes and start giving shit away man so i'll I'll start it off this month with a hundred dollars worth of real bucks man so throw your memes up there we'll all vote for them the one with most amount of votes at the end of the month throw a hundred bucks too man let you spend some money at the store 
Word. So basically, if you can, you just upload them at dudegrows.com under contests, and then you, you're going to pick one for every episode, you said? Yeah, it's really it's, it's right on the homepage, even if you want to just go scroll down, you'll see some of the memes. It's, I think it's tag, vote, and win, it says. And then right under there, it says submit your own pick, man. Bam. And it's, it's pretty easy to do. And uh, yeah, and then for Google Plus, guys, I, I love the, the what are we smoking on section. It's fucking amazing. But I got freaked out, man. They Google took our shit down last week and everything disappeared. I need a little bit of security, man. You know, I want to own some, you know, some of that stuff and, and be able to reference it and, and pass it around offline and whatnot. Uh, that sucks that Google just controls all our shit like that, man. So uh, throw it up on the meme generator first, man. That way Dude Grows gets a uh, gets a hard copy of it, man. Yeah, guys, it's going to be whatever. You don't, you know, I always thought a meme. It doesn't have to be a bud pick. It could be a it could be whatever you want, you know. It could p- picture of whatever, picture of some mountains yeah. and a hey, sunset. As far who, as I care, whoever uploaded the picture of that girl's perfect ass, though, that's fucking distracting, man. <laughs> yeah, yes, I don't need the distraction during work. So um, there's <laughs> yeah. one picture. It like randomly pulls pictures, like past pictures, and there's one of this chick in a thong with a perfect ass. Is it on yeah. our site? Oh yeah, oh yeah, somewhere. I don't know. I just went to use the meme. That's like one of the actually I didn't even think about it. Good advertising for the meme generator. You know, like one out of every four or five times that you load that page, she shows up, man. Gotcha, so. gotcha. I'm over here looking now. But yeah, please don't uh don't not load. like I noticed or anything, okay? Don't load pictures of ladies. Anyway, there's other there's other there's hey, plenty hey, of other sites for that. Definitely, definitely don't load pictures of dudes, man. <laughs> Get that straight right now. All right, man. Let's uh Let's take, uh, you got to throw in, I heard you got uh, some new songs coming here from Mr. Eli Braden, so. Yeah, man, I was, I've promised delivery on a bunch of bunch of cool songs, man, so I'm pretty excited about that, man. They should, should be pretty funny. Eli always does a, a great job for us, man, so. Got that going, man. I don't know what else, dude. Lead, lead the way. Word, well, right now we're going to go to, uh, let's take a quick break. Let's play one of these Eli uh Eli parodies so you guys will be hearing some more soon if you don't know Eli Braden he does uh, some of the parody work over uh, all over the place but did some for the Howard Stern show and had his most if you want to hear one of his uh my favorite ones what's it about it's about uh her what's her face his breasts or something <laughs> they're all about Robin's tits man there we go yeah it's pretty funny so if you just you should google Eli Braden and Robin you'll probably find some funny parodies yeah, I was like, if this guy smokes weed, man, we're in because he loves to obsess over shit, man. So he can obsess over boobs. I'm like, weed is my Robin's boobs, man. It's like, oh, I well, get it. <laughs> I'll right, we'll be right back with a whole bunch of grow talk, guys. <laughs> All right. I was packing up sweet Chiba while cruising down that dusty Florida road. When I rolled up on some hippie who looked like he could use a bowl. If you like to smoke that green grass with me, you can catch a ride. But be warned, I grow the dank, the kind of shit that'll blaze your eyes. I pulled out a fat purple bud and said, ever smoked a strain like this? And he said, listen, I've smoked every type of weed there is. I've smoked every strain, man. I've smoked every strain, man. I've smoked that Mexican, man. And smuggled half a ton of hash, man. Some trouble I missed by a hair, man. But I've smoked every strain. I smoke she 
Shiva, Kaya, Ambrosia, Belladonna, Dancehall, Caramella, Nebula, Green, Crack, Black Widow, Kandahar, Blue Buddha, Grape Crush, God's Treat, Hash, Heaven, Fruity, Taiji, Bomb, KC, 33, KC, 36, Tally Mist, Ice Cream, Waldo, and the Ultimate. I've smoked every strain, man. I've smoked every strain, man. I've smoked that Mexican, man. And smuggled half a ton of hash, man. Some trouble I missed by a hair, man. But I've smoked every strain. All right, man. All right. Let's see here. Number one from Rich420. Shep, what's going on, DGC? I have a question about harvesting my plant and when I'm coming into the last week of when I should actually be harvesting. But since I had a bad lighting and a couple other issues I straightened out, is it still not ready? And buds are finally filling in nice and tightening up and more trikes are popping up every day and frosting up nicely. I want to make the strongest pain and sleep meds possible out of this plant. Uh, it's a white widow feminized, it looks like. I don't want to harvest until they're amber to dark. Hairs are less than 5% orange and super swelled up everywhere, but started to knock back on everything. I want it nice and smooth. <laughs> he says he's just feeding it half strength, tiger bloom, and recharge, and she's drinking a gallon every three days. How long past normal harvest would I have to give her to get these trikes as amber as possible? I know that's a tough call, not knowing my conditions, etc. But on average, how much longer past normal harvest would I have to give her for these dark amber trikes? So he wants dark amber trikes because he wants to be more, he said, what did he say here, more for sleeping? Sure. Um, so just be and- careful, man. So there's a fine line between them getting amber and them exploding. I've had them fuckers explode after a while, man. That's <laughs> nasty. Yeah, I would. I mean, yeah, it says in the beginning here that you had straightened out a few issues, um, a couple other issues in lighting. If you have, if your garden has a major hiccup, like sometimes, let's say, you get, I've done before where I had pests or I had a bad mite problem. And so I'm like, all right, for this next week, I'm going to only let it get up to 67 degrees. You know, I really, that's going to slow down the life cycle of insects if you have the ability to control your garden with an air conditioner and then i'm probably only maybe i'd mess around and i'd be like for two days i'd have the lights since i know the plants are stressing i'd either dim the lights all the way down with digital ballast or if you had four or six magnetics you could unplug a couple of them you know just get the everything into chill mode i did i I have taken that time then out of the flowering period you know but still you want to watch the trikes like scotty's saying but you can you know if you had an effed up week in your garden no problem adding a week just watch what's going on with at least a 30 times preferably illuminated loop that white led illuminated loop really gets you to see up in those flowers well hey do you believe in the in the dark period at the end the you know three-day dark period before you cut your plants down are you a believer in that shit I'm doing it right now with one plant. I mean, believe it or not, it's just for me, it's one more step to be like, all right, I still don't have to trim this baby up for three days. <laughs> right. Just put her down here in the dark and let her chill out. But yeah, I do it. I do it. I don't. It's like one of those things, no harm. I, I can't tell you, oh, definitely does this. But I wait like just till my plant is completely, almost completely dry. One, because it's usually only me moving a 15 or 20-gallon container down into the dark room downstairs. Right. Um, and so I want it to be super light. But also, I think it just sits down there and, I don't know, puts on maybe a little extra resin or terpene profile. But I do do that. And I, I actually scoped this plant up, and it barely had any uh, amber uh, trichomes. But it was – or trichrome. But it was uh, – 
it was ready to go. The plant, I don't know what happened. I think I might have, it got really light watered one time. I, all the leaves like crisped up on it. And I was like, shit, is that some type of fungus or disease or the flowers look great. It just told me I am going to die over the next two days. There's, you know, a lot of fan leaves just crisped up. It was kind of weird, but it's going to work out. Nice, man. Nice. I think some of that comes from, uh, man, I'm not so sure. I, I am sure. I've had a lot of fun with feminized seed. But, man, sometimes different phenotype attributes really do burn you a little. Like, damn, I didn't want to deal with this attribute here. Um, so I have three more feminized mammoth seeds I think I'm a plant. But otherwise, I'm going to get back to the whole full-on cut thing for a little bit so I know exactly what I'm dealing with. Hell yeah, man. Uh, So, yeah, man, Rich, uh, just keep watching it every day, man. Definitely, you said you're feeding with half-strength Tiger Bloom and Recharge. Um, I wouldn't be feeding with anything anymore. If you're looking at, you know, your last week here, even if it's your last week and a half, keep in mind plants, if I should have took pictures of this one can look like as far as the leaf profile and faded and crinkly, like, like hell. But what, if you keep your eye on your flowers, they're still, you know, doing what they, I mean, I'm talking at the end of your growth period before you're going to chop down. Some people get like, man, I can't believe my plants starting to look pretty shitty. But dude, if you only have a week left. It's just consuming itself. It's sensing falls coming. Maybe this phenotype of mammoth of mine sensed that shit like fall is here. It's time just to start eating everything in my leaves, and that's why they dried up, crinkled up. I don't know. But regardless. I don't don't think they're thinkers, man. I don't think they think the same way that we do, man. Right right word, but they definitely are pre-programmed in a lot of different ways. I think uh, they react to things, man, you know? I think that's a reaction for something. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to. Hey, real uh, quick, man, yeah. you were you were talking about things fading out. I, you know, I got a call from uh, a grower buddy of mine up in Oregon, Rob, who is telling me he's got these plants that are fading out uh, right around week five, week six of flowering. And I was like, oh, is it root aphids? And he's actually had root aphids, was using the Met Fifty Two, and has has licked those, man. So I got a report that the Met Fifty Two is is working to keep root aphids away. Um, I thought that was interesting, but what he was saying was that he's getting this new thing. When he cuts the stem open, there's like a fungus inside. You can actually see a little bit of browning on like on like the walls of of the stem. Really, and it's an actual fungus. And he was asking me, you know, this guy tries to keep it natural. You know, it's medicine for him. And he was asking me if uh, you know what I knew about that. And he, he told me the the name of the fungus. It was some fucking like super, you know, rel- relative of Fusarium or something some shit i'd never heard of some latin word but it was like a a fusarium type of 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 fungus or wilt and so i was uh trying to just think about it man i mean i know there's a ton of these like nuclear fungicides that you can use to get rid of it but i was kind of wondering you know what the hell do you do with something like that man how do you keep something like that from uh destroying your crop you know it's coming week four week five week six right at the end right when they're putting on weight and it was, uh, man, I was thinking about that actinovate stuff. I thought maybe putting a bunch of that in the soil and then just using a bunch of beneficials in the soil is probably the only defense I can offer. You got any ideas? No, other than just know your strains, too. I get my island sweet skunk always starts to fade out We getting towards week six. I'm like, damn, the flowers aren't even super big yet. And I still got at least another couple of weeks, but it always does it. And it always turns out okay, you know, just fine. And it's like, that's, that's why knowing... 
you're, you know, knowing your strains can be valuable in the grow room. I mean, I've tried to foliar spray kelp at week six. I've tried to do, do a fair amount of different things to give it just a quick boost to nitrogen, synthetic nitrogen, etc. And you got to be careful with that in week six. And it was just, that's just what, she, that's what she likes to do. Like I said, she's thinking. All right. Yes, I don't have any it, other suggestions for your other guy. It sounded good. It sounded like you had a Met 52 and all that's doing doing some work. Yeah, definitely. I, th- I said that Actinovate stuff might be uh, something to really aggressively try. And he's telling me that people definitely use it up there. And he's like, but the, the problem with it is he was saying that the shit has very lo- a poor shelf life. So most of the time, by the time you get the shit that's been sitting on the shelf for months and months, it's uh, you know much less active. So it's it's kinda... all dated. I know that. I had a couple expired packs. I called the company up, and they sent me out sent me out some right in the mail. So <laughs> that's I like... think if you're within their dating period, you should be fine. Right, right. I tell you, man. Uh, back in the day, I was trying to learn about mycorrhizae when I was on the uh, in, at the bamboo farm down in Florida, and I'd go to these big ag places, and I'd say, you know, like in Immokalee, Florida, and I would say, "Hey, do you have mycorrhizae?" And they would be like, "What?" Uh, is that organic? And they would look it up. They'd come back with like a dusty old box of like a you know, five pound Vam Mico or something. And this shit would be expired like from three years ago. <laughs> like that was the last time anybody had asked for mycorrhizae in fucking Florida. You know, where, where they grow, by the way, huge amounts of uh, uh, tomatoes and uh, uh, peppers, things that would be greatly benefit from just a single inoculation of it. It's fucking amazing, man. It is effing amazing. All right. Yeah. Second, I don't notice. Just in case my auntie is listening, man. Explicit. Number two from Psycho Ward. Uh, does anyone have any thoughts, positive or negative, about insect frass? So to answer that, and there's a, there's a, a sub. There's two, and then there's 2A. Pretty professional on the format yeah, here. I told you, Psycho Ward's always asking good questions, man. And, uh, yeah, man, insect frass, I, I like it. I'm using it. You know what? There was a lot of shit on it. There's a lot of people using it in the Google Plus group, man. What's up, DGC? And uh, yeah, one, one of the things no... I yeah, what's go ahead. Up? One of the things I learned from reading the comments is it seems to work way better when you actually use it and make like a uh, a liquid out of it. Either you know, I guess it, you know it's it's not uh, Jesus, man. Soluble. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> <laughs> fucking brain ain't working today, man. Sometimes this shit don't work, whether you're uh, on the show or not, man. It shit don't give you a choice, man. It's not soluble. So, uh, you know, I guess they're kind of basically making a tea out of it, shaking it, getting the actives out of it, and then, then they're spraying it on, though. I guess you may be taking it at, in, like, a coffee filter or something and wringing it out. We can learn a little bit more. The guys that are doing it there can tell us. Um, but they're saying uh, elimination of fungus gnats that way, you know, or really solid control. Uh, yeah, I, I can guarantee yeah. that. You know, I have I'd few, if none, or few, if any, fungus gnats this grow. And I top dress all my plants inside and out with the, uh, I didn't do any water in. I just did a top dress with the insect frass. So. Yeah, I incorporated it into my mix. I thought it might be a good, uh, you know, preventative. I, n- I don't really have bug problems, but uh, I incorporated it into my mix, man. Just sitting yeah, here, as can... I said that, I don't have bug problems. I always fucking just use can of cocoa. I use can of cocoa and some earthworm castings, man. You know, I wonder, dude, folk that have bugs problems, man, are they, are they all using soil? Because soil can have bug problems, man. Right yeah, from the I don't factory. know. you got to remember soil and soil list. Not many people out there using soil at all. Everybody's in cocoa, cocoa peat, perlite. Yeah, well, that's a bunch what of... I'm talking about. I mean, what's, you know, soil is basically compost, right? You'd be, you know, if you're going to define a true soil, it's going to have um, composted, you know, composted materials in it, 
So I think anything with compost has got to be considered a soil. Yeah. Uh, I would agree. There's, I think it's all having to do with your, your IPM and stuff. But I'm going to go into 2A here. With but it also water. has to do with if you're bringing big bags of a bunch of bug larvae in there, man. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Come on, 2A, what you got, brother? Sorry to bug you. Oh, no ward. pun intended, man. Oh. The, no, no bugging, Psycho Ward, no worries. I was wondering if you had tried the foliar application of the Biocozyme on your Candyland. I've been testing it on two different strains, and while the test is incomplete, I think there's something there. I have a more commercial flow, which maybe it didn't stretch as much. Maybe it would have, maybe it would have larger nugs. So maybe there will be more weight, but so, so f- wait, so, so far. So f- okay, I gotcha. So far, kind of similar to the usual. My predator pink, though, is more of a cookie kind of nug. It has stretched half or maybe even less than, um, and that that the bud sides are really close together. As it finishes, I'm not so sure what it will even be cookies anymore. Might be okay for commercial grade application, but not for those really good cookie strains. So in a nutshell, it says it might, the- it might be a game changer, man. What he's saying is this shit works and uh, is is showing Stretching. really good good results on his cookies. Though I mean, dude, there's come on each one of these. I say this when people call me up about bamboo. You know, they ask about a bamboo, and I'm like, well, you know, that one's from the island of Timor, you know, in the Pacific. That one's from the mountains of China, you know what I mean? That's fucking, there's one from America, you know what I mean? They're way different. That's great that they're all the same genus, uh, you know, bambusa, but they're all uh, quite different. Same with cannabis, man. You know, they're all cannabis, cannabis sativa, cannabis indica, but they're all different plants that come from, you know, have adapted to different areas, man. So some will stretch, you know, some have more of a propensity. You've seen that island sweet skunk stretches like crazy, man. You know, there's some of these, uh, uh, shit skunk number one, man, that shit's a nice dense plant for me, man. Boom. Just squat. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, so it really does depend, but I think certain things like some of these tricks, like Jake came on a couple months ago and talked about that biocozyme trick. He says foliar biocozyme the first couple of weeks in flowering, right? at least week one in flowering. And what he's saying is it's loaded with uh, uh, plant hormones from the kelp. I guess they're using the kelp as they're washing it or they're, they're pulling these uh, uh, enzymes out with kelp and using kelp as a wash. And there's a, a synergistic reaction, man. Um, he's seen- I just made a note in my to-do list for the grow. I gotta put because the Highland sweet skunks in the first week of flowering right now. Yeah, it. but this shit's gonna work with some, and it's it's, it's gonna show more. What we're learning is gonna show more with some plants than others. Uh, Psycho Ward's having great results with it on his cookie strain, whereas cookie, you know, if you don't know, cookies are these little like kind of. I don't know if I call them popcorn-y, but it's little, you know, usually there's spot here, you know, budding site here, and then stretches and a budding site there. He's seeing it really compact down. So maybe on a super stretchy plant, it's really noticeable. Where on my candy land, that shit was dense as a motherfucker anyhow, man. It was just these dense, tight nugs. So it might be a little bit different to uh, a little bit more difficult or less noticeable. Yeah. Um. Well, I'm going to see if it works out and go on to the next question from... It, yeah, how can it hurt, man? How can it fucking hurt? Oh, it's definitely not going to hurt. Know, what, are you going to foliar your plants once with, a, you know, a 50 cents worth of biocozyme? You know, shit. They're, they're, that's a no-brainer, man. Do it anyway. I'm going to hit it with some biocozyme and uh, some transport under the LED just to make sure... Because that'll be the first. I've never... I know the transport. I've never gotten burned. 
uh, leaf burn while using it under HID. But we got to double check all the lights. So yeah, hell yeah, that sounds like actually a good combination, man. Biocozyme, which is from our buddy Jake over at Growmore. I just talked to Jake yesterday, actually. Man, he wants to come back on the show, so I'm really looking forward to that. And Biocozyme is is an enzyme, like a. I don't know. I, I, other products are Hygrozyme and Canazyme. Those all have the zyme in them. So I think this is, uh, I think the slogan on that one is the original zyme. And then transport is just a, a way to get it in through the, the mesophilic layer. I'll, I'll quote uh, Dinesh. But, yeah, you know, we got a, a couple emails in, guys. Thanks. To Dinesh is, we're going to get Dinesh on an interview tomorrow, so we'll probably have it out Wednesday. But nice. he's going to be hopping on. If you've got any other questions, hook it up, dudegrows at gmail. Yeah, but that transport's just a way to get that shit through the leaf, man, is all it is. So you're grabbing something that's useful, like the biocozyme, and then you're transporting it through the waxy leaf layer so that the, the plant can absorb it and use it and hold it. Yes. All right, let's see here. From... Suck my oil. <laughs> yeah. Mixed newts are good for how long? A day, two, what's the amount of, max amount of time I can keep them before dumping? So this kind of depends on the kind of system. I mean, if you're using a recirculating system uh, or ebb and flow table or something that has a reservoir or deep water culture, it's kind of like that. You usually don't have a reservoir. You can have a 16 site where just all the sites are for the reservoir. That in that setup, I mean, people can go. I used to change it out once a week. You can go longer. I mean, I know people that go ten days up to I think uh, alpaca and ug almost goes like to close to two weeks, where he's usually topping off fresh water. But sometimes, if he knows how well those plants are eating, we'll top off with some nuded water. But it also depends on the newts, man. If you're using any funky stuff like Canna Bioline, General Organics, or you know, gooey stuff, thick molasses, etc. Those don't do very well sitting for very long unless you have it like chilled and agitated perfectly. And like there's a lot of environmental factors that can screw that up. I mean, what would you say? What if you're just watering in? Let's say you mix up a, a 30 gallon trash can of canna A and B. You know, how long would you let that sit? Still not too long. Two weeks, man. I could let that yeah, shit for a long fucking time, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can of A and B is just a salt. You know, there's just a mixture of salts. There's no humix in there. There's there's nothing funky in there, man. That's too... I, I guess there might be a few humix in, in the B, looking at it, but... It's like this really light color when you when you look at your reservoir. It's not soupy and, and brown. And, yeah, I've definitely filled up 55-gallon drums, let my octopots sip off them when they need it, you know, running yeah. six, six octopots. And, uh, yeah, it'll last 10 days sometimes. I know Maestro chimed in on the uh, – when they asked this question over at the Google Plus group and was like, you know, about a week. He goes, I don't like to leave my shit for more than a week. It's a good rule of thumb. But if you've got circulation – and they're not recirculating. And this is important. Um, when you're recirculating nutrient, meaning you're taking a reservoir, you're dumping nutrient on your plants, you're letting it flow through the plants and back into the reservoir, every time that you do that, you're changing the chemistry in the reservoir. The plants are taking what they need from the fertilizer and leaving what they don't, and it creates an imbalance after a while. So it's a... Uh, uh, with a recirculating system, you really do want to change your newts. That's when I would definitely say no longer than a week. And you want to do real reservoir changes where you change everything out. Um, a lot different than drain the waste. Drain the waste, it depends what's in the, what's in the reservoir, in my opinion. Yeah, full on. So, and same when I used to mix up Dutch Master nutrients in a 50-gallon drum. For, it's like when I was done mixing 
probably four of their different products. You know, I couldn't even, the water barely even changed color. Like, very soluble, chemical salt-based newts, et cetera. So, all right. Uh, yeah, I want to shout out to Dynagrow, too. Friends of the show gave us a bunch of newts back in the day, man. Um, that shit, if you're looking for something that will last a long time in solution, that's a good one. You can take that Foliage Pro throw it in a five-gallon bucket and use that fire. You know, they do it in commercial uh, uh, interior scapes all the time. They'll fill that Foliage Pro in a four-gallon sprayer, tank backpack sprayer, and that shit will sit for two or three weeks in the heat, man. And it's uh, it's still salts in solution, man. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right, let's go to uh, uh, this next one. To chime in on this, this is going to get into some of my ignorance with growing. This is from JR. Took in. It goes, Hey, fellas, I got a question for you. I had an animal cookies, and he goes, I know, dude, I don't name them, I just grow them. <laughs> Anyhow, my Hermied girl is on the, is way in the back of my tent. I'm afraid to move her and send more pollen around, and I can't wet her down due to mold possibilities. My question is, what weeks during flower do females become pregnant as I'm already 44 days in? At this point, it is, wait, yeah, at this point, is it, is the damage done and run her to the rest of my genetics in the big, in the tent being only have about 17 days left or pull her out and process her for dabs? So what do you think, Scotty? Hey, <laughs> I brought this one for you, buddy. I don't, I don't know much about pollen, man, so. Yeah, I mean, it says it says you say okay, Hermit girl is in the way back of the tent. That doesn't really matter. It's in your tent. So and uh, he says my question is, what weeks during flower do females become pregnant? He's forty four days in. I don't I don't really know the answer to that. So I guess he's got other other plants in there. He's saying that are forty four days in with this Hermit one, and he's worried about them. Sure. Yeah, I mean, there was a suggestion over on. Uh, on the the Google Plus, I think somebody answered this to be like, spray it down before you move it, and then uh, basically that way you're gonna you're gonna not have as much of a chance as pollen coming off. But I would probably if I pulled out, man, the first time if I were to see something Herman bad, I'd pull it out if I had other plants in there, and yeah, process it for extracts or whatever. I wouldn't take any chances. Yeah, I mean I, by that time though, man, by day forty something, isn't it too late? You would think that the other ones, yeah, are already affected. But if they're not showing signs of it, just get that one out of there and, yeah, go from there. So, yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, that, that's definitely one of my weak points would be breeding pollen, um, creating seeds. Uh, let's see, I've never done any of that, really. You know, yeah. it would be a fun area to go into, but there's just so many. I don't know. It's like taking it to the next level of, uh, yeah, having things to do in the garden. Yeah, you know, it's a different mindset, man. There you're trying to create your own strains. Uh, I've been much more you know, commercially minded for years and years. I mean, I am shifting gears now, but yeah, I don't know. I guess it would be fun to make your own seeds. You know, it would be fun. If I lived forever, I would do it. But since life is life is short, man, I... Uh, if I lived forever, I would make my own strain. <laughs> yeah, you know, I just grow the dank, man. I just try to grow every... every uh, Every harvest a little bit danker than the last one. You know, that's kind of my hobby, my game. We'll knock out one more here before we go to a quick break. Uh, let's see here. Carlos, in what week do I cut out recharge? I understand, and this isn't recharged up. Hey, I just threw it in. Start smoking, recharge. <laughs> yeah. Um, what week do I cut out recharge? I understand week five, 
but what part of it, beginning of week five or all the way until the beginning of week six? So I would cut it out. I would use it week five. I cut it out like, yeah, by what week six. What do you six. got, brother? Well, Carlos, my friend, man, love you, but what do you got? You got a 42-day Candyland? You got a 70-day you know, yeah, true. Uh, chocolate a lot of tie? What, you know, what do you got, man? I agree with that. You got to know, uh, yeah, how long your strain is, but I... I use it all the way up until I'm like prime flowering. So for 60 days, that's I'd use it week five, and then I'd stop using it in week six. Maybe one watering at the beginning. You're not going to do any harm. You just, you know, there is nutrition in there, and don't want you to overuse a product when the most beneficial time is veg and early flowering, and then going on to the second month of flowering. I would I would put it up till about two to the last couple weeks between two and three weeks uh before you're going to harvest you know the last 10 days seven to 10 days when you're going to harvest you're flushing anyhow so maybe a week before that uh, i would pull out the recharge because yeah it holds nutrition recharge's job is to go find and then hold nutrients to make to make the, so- the soil like a, a slow release you know slowly releasing nutrition as the plant needs it so the plant needs less nutrition as things go on, you know, as, as you get closer to harvest. But, uh, you know, just for, it's, you know, the kelp is in there and stuff like that. I want the kelp, you know, I want kelp out of there by, you know, 10 days before I harvest. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut out the recharge, man. Yeah. I don't want to be harvesting yeah. bright green plants, man. <laughs> I agree with that, man. Well, let's, uh, let's take a quick break here. Throw in a little tunage for you. Maybe a bong alert coming up sometime soon, but not yet. I think we might be having a uh, custom bong made, man. So I'll get nice. some info out, out to you on that. I talked about wanting a bong, an ice bong and stuff. And, uh, yeah. I vote um, for might... retiring the bong alert, man. It's jarring. All right. It is. It's jarring. Beep. I'm in the grow room, and all of a sudden, that shit's going off, man. I start freaking out, man. Duck ducking cover, you know? Word. All right, guys, we'll be right back. Going to take a quick break here and have some more growth talk coming at you. All right. <laughs> Dude's riding up the jungle because we ain't playing games. Hundred pack of hoarder locks. Yeah, we grow the strains. Oh, she's a temperamental girl. Charts we always feed. We can grow anything you want. Just give us eight weeks in the jungle. Divide it up the jungle. I want to smoke a spleef. Buds grow wide and frosty. It makes me want to pull down and smoke it down. Chop it down. All right, on with the grow talk here. Number six. This is in from uh, from Dan. From Dan. Dan. Dan in Denver, I believe. All right, he says he decided to go big from outdoor grow this year and it may have backfired on me i planted three feminized citrix two skunk number ones and about 10 tomato plants in 25 and 45 gallon smart pots 
He said he purchased two yards of soil from a nursery, which is about 70% boss compost. B, you know what that abbreviation is? What is it? B, yeah. No, I don't, man. I boss don't. compost. I think it's just she compost that's grows a plants boss. like a boss, man. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm sure it means something. Here, I'll Google it. Oh, I got time. it. A boss compost. This is a, a, a local Denver company. It says, oh, we sell gotcha. compost, not raw manure, not raw peat mouse. The boss compost is organic matter that has been eaten up and digested by anaerobic bacteria. So it sounds like a company that is into... Uh, some of their serious uh, composting. So he's got boss compost and thirty percent topsoil. What's up? I was I was listening to my science podcast last night, and they were talking about this lady called and asked why the compost piles steam, and uh, the guy was saying the scientist was saying that per volume that uh, a compost pile has more power than the sun. You know, because the because the sun, I mean, what? has a ton of power because it's huge. You know, so it has an amazing amount of power spread over this huge area. Was, I can't remember, but it was like you know, compost. The amount of power and the amount of energy uh, in the same volume of compost versus the volume of the sun. Uh, the compost has like five times the amount of power in it. Man, it's pretty crazy. That's like something about uh, yeah. There's more soil microbes and a cubic inch of soil than people on the earth that, that yeah like, than uh, people that have ever been on the earth all of them added up <laughs> well, that's crazy he's got 30 percent topsoil mix all of the pots got the nursery compost and perlite and some also got worm castings cocoa and some bagged soil had left over about three to four weeks after transplanting he noticed strange leaf curling on almost all the cannabis plants as well as severe stunting and leaf curling on the tomatoes I planted the other tomatoes directly into raised beds feet away from the pots, and they showed no signs. So I'm very confident it's something in the compost. From internet searches, he found out it could possibly be residual herbicides in the compost and to use peas or beans to do a test since they are very sensitive to herbicide. Uh, so basically, um, he says he started the test on lima beans, two in the nursery compost and one in the control, and I haven't seen any new growth yet. So, I mean, looking at uh, his picture, he's basically got severe canoeing on some of these leaves to where they're, they're like canoed all the way up to where they're closing. Uh, green looks good, but in, when I've seen that before, it could be a multitude of things. One, definitely be scoping for pests. Yep. Uh, you you, you got to do that right off the bat um, and look really hard his yeah there's new growth coming out here where the leaves are starting to curl up that can be a sign of a type of russet mite or broad mite um and your tomatoes man look like hell <laughs> like you said severe um you know issues with his tomatoes where like something is just you know totally damaging everything so when i say get get online make sure you know what a hemp russet mite looks like under magnification what is um, the nutrient profile of that compost you know, I you know, mean, I don't know. How hot I, is it? We could get into that that next, but make sure I've had people before I give them the suggestion, and they're like, "Man, I didn't see anything. It's not bugs." But you got to know what you're looking for. The easiest way with the loop, man, I put that loop like on my eyeball and put it like the right up to the leaf. Take a few leaves off and like take them into a desk, set them on some white paper, and really take time with it, and make sure you're not seeing any pests. Um, and if you are, if you do see little guys, it's like white, little opaque and white larva. They look like larva, but they're little russet mites wiggling around and say shit. But let us know, be able to help you out on that. I've been, I've been doing the good battle for a while now and I'm always winning. It's just extra work, man. 
Compost has to be fully cooked in order for it not to have a uh, it to be very hot. We'll say, meaning that it has a too much nutrition that'll burn plants. Uh, that's definitely something that can happen as well, man. If this compost wasn't completely cooked down, uh, it's still breaking down a, a ton of nit- nitrogen. No, I think it's this place sounds legit. It says healthy life or uh, healthy micro life heats the compost to over 150 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, it's being done at a designated I don't know what this means USR number 11. 1190 permitted compost site. Means I got a permit. Uh, so it sounds like a legit, <laughs> yes. But it, I, I agree there are uncertainties in compost, um, depending. And there can be, just like when I'm putting, um, I said on the other show, I was using a worm compost from a company, which I got to give uh, them a call. And there can be nasty bugs and things brought in and compost. I mean, they're so small, it's really hard for somebody to fully sterilize everything. But in the future, I've always used bagged stuff for outdoors this year because it was economical. It was on sale, actually. I stocked up on Way to Grow, had the sale. The Route 707 was like $19 a bag, and that's a big-ass bag for 19 bucks. It's 20 gallons of soil mix. Typically, I'm not having any problems with any of the bagged soils. I say typically because there has been issues before where any certain company can be like, oh, shit, we actually had you know, they had an outbreak of, of this pest or, you know, it's it's happened. It's not impossible by any means for not everybody can keep their shit completely sterile yeah and then another thing is i mean sterile soil sucks by the way i mean i guess it's great to buy at the store and start with a clean slate but i'm a microbe farmer man and so sterile soil to means me means that it's a uh, basically uh something that will hold a root man it's something for microbes to live in but it's still uh, you know it's, it's pretty much dirt until i put my microbes in there and wake it up and get it get it to become alive you know, that's it's sterile. What what do people want? Do they want sterile soil that's bug free or do they want uh, soil teeming with life? Because if you want it teeming with life and you're buying it in a bag, you got a great chance of brewing some, uh, uh, you know, s- some pathogens in that bag. Yeah, definitely. You know, so that's why I start with real clean shit. I start with can of A and B and I start with a good reputable earthworm can of A and B. I start with can of cocoa, just clean can of cocoa and good earthworm castings. And uh, man, I, I just don't have, you know, I, I don't have the, the soil bugs. You know, I don't have the um, fungus gnats and things like that that people seem to get when they're using regular old soils. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it's yeah some like keep us updated though dan i want to know if those beans take off at all and uh basically yeah see what's going on uh, oh i forgot one other thing i want to recommend if you're not using a good enzyme start you know you got a, a composted soil there and everything get an enzyme going in there and uh make sure i think that would potentially be a good help with the problem in the root zone or to neutralize or help out with any I don't know. Enzymes are just are good. Preferably a biocozyme would be my take. Biocozyme from Grow More, affordable and works good. And you can not only water it in, but spray it on. So definitely, man, definitely. But you know, as far as there's two schools of thought, one is buying a good ready-made compost that's, uh, you know, that's gonna you know, nurture your plants as they grow. Um, but yeah, look, man, people are getting burnt by that, man. I'm looking at this, and I, I'm my first, I'm suspect for the compost, man. That the the boss compost is very suspect to me, man. It's the first place I'm going to look, and if you know, be in charge of your own microbes, man. Go import, you know, bring in a, a sterile solution, you know, sterile media, and inoculate that shit yourself, man, and grow your own microbes, nice and fresh, and uh, make sure you're growing the good stuff and not the bad stuff, man. 
Yes. Best commercial for recharge I've had all day, man. <laughs> all right. We got one from Steve. Aside from using, uh, oh, here we go. Sorry. I've attached some pics of what I thought were moldy buds, but I can't positively identify what's going on. I'll uh, see if I can't throw these up on Instagram here. Um, I was thinking bud rot, but that's supposed to happen in cooler temps. I don't think it looks like powdery mildew either. I ended up throwing away close to a third of my harvest. As I have another crop in the ground, I'd like to figure this out. This looks just like I've had this happen before where, I mean, there's like, it just looks like a little white, and these are finished flowers, um, and like white fuzziness that's on the surface, but then when you break it apart, it, you know, goes into the flower, just like I'd say bud rot. Um, yeah, that's bud rot, man. I've had it break out maybe three times in my whole um, career of gardening, and typically it won't take over. I don't know why. Like, I've had it on a plant, and like this, this, these two buds on the plant are starting to get it. If I find it, I remove it. Right away on the plane, I start trimming away at that bud as gently as I can, but I want to get it out of there. And um, I've saved some flowers, or at least I've slowed its progression that way. Uh, I also have, which I don't think it's the exact same thing, man. If you if you're jarring up too wet at all, and you're not burping enough, and especially if you have icky sticky buds all sticking together tightly, you can get you know a mold after the fact. But if that started while it was still on the plant. Yeah, that's like a bud rot. What do you, I mean, where does it come from? It's just oh, kind of, man. it seems like to me, it's just like an unlucky thing that happens every once in a while, but very rarely. I don't, I don't know. It's hard to talk about, man. It's like talking about a dog that died or something like that. I'm just thinking about all the fucking huge buds that I'm, man, that thing looks amazing. That's a four ounce bud right there. And then I go and look at it the last week and I'm like, what the fuck is that, man? And you look inside, the whole thing is just rotten, man. Rot just got to it. And yeah, it's bud rot. And it happens usually when your humidity is not in check, man. That's, don't you guys remember? It happened when I was on the, on the show last year and it prompted me to buy an air conditioner. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, oh man, and that that's depressing. I mean, seriously, I've thrown out quarter pound stalks before, man, just being like garbage, garbage. Yeah. Oh man, keep, it hurts. Keep your eye out. Keep things sterile. You say as far as another crop going in the ground, keep your eye on the flowers. Make sure you have good air movement. Wind. Yeah, in the it's canopy. a humidity and air movement issue, definitely, man. And it's a yeah, it, that's all it is. Too and big if you of find butts. some, you know, make sure you, you know, keep your scissors clean. A good thing to have in the garden. They go to Walgreens and get like those five hundred. Uh, little alcohol swab packets for cheap. And then you know, every once in a while, if you're dealing with something, you can easily just keep cleaning your scissors, even bugs, etc. Make sure you're not spreading stuff around with your, your main tool in the garden. Yeah, and it's definitely something that's uh, specific to certain strains. Certain strains will resist it. Others will get uh, bud rot, you know, be susceptible to it. And it's always on the biggest fucking buds because think about how much moisture is in those buds. You got a bud that's literally the size of your arm, Um there's a it's just a huge moisture zone man yeah so, you know the plants are transpiring it's transpiring deep in into the the bud and yeah man i i seen it happen and it, i know this sounds counterintuitive but if you've got a plant that grows huge tops like that think about bending it over take about t- taking that main central cola and bending it over so you get a bunch of kind of like treetops you know the, the the buds will turn to the side and it just gives you a lot more spacing uh a lot more air to get through the buds and what you end up with is like a a bunch of little christmas trees maybe 60 or 50 or 60 different christmas trees uh over you know laterally as as the bud that top has turned into a you know, sideways if that makes any sense it does it does on a side note he goes p.s aside from using cannabis for pain relief related to my back injury anxiety and depression 
like, isn't that awesome? Like, my girlfriend uses it to help with migraines. Also, I'm growing for an older family member who has bladder cancer, and he uses it at night to help with stress and sleep. You could have knocked me over with a feather when I walked into the living room and saw him hitting the bowl like a champ. I told my sister she should have given me some heads up first. <laughs> nice. nice. Yeah, That's it is, awesome. you know. Crazy. It's changing, man. Shit's changing. Yeah, and you see people turning to cannabis that you're like, what? You're smoking a bowl? What? All right. Let's hang out, man. Now you're seeing the light. <laughs> so true, man. I, I wish they'd seen it earlier, man. It's a lot of people I would like to smoke a bowl with. All right. I got an update here. I wanted to give a uh, a uh, captain, captain update from, uh, if you guys don't know, Captain's hanging out. He's one of our uh, just strong you know, content contributors that when we get something from him, it's uh, to the point. Very professional, instructional, great pitchers, and you know, growing to dank. He's our superstar blogger, homeboy. Yeah, you can find him over at dudegrows.com, and you can just hit on top navigation Cap- to the captain. And yep, captain's Cap- corner, man. You'll see all kinds of good stuff there. So hey, Everything on dudegrows.com, I made it really simple. So you, you just go to the homepage. You don't even have to click on anything anymore. Homepage is like one of those super long pages. It's got everything on there. So captain's right on the homepage. Like it. Uh, well, Cabin is doing a couple uh, updates. He goes, after weeks of research on air conditioners, that's kind of like what, what I do, um, and talking to, he had been talking with Costa Mesa Steve, doing a little networking because um, he's the electrician, and it's great when the you know, DGC's here to help, help each other out. He Absolutely. Said, he decided a mini split was the way to go. He had stayed away from mini splits because most of them are only pre-charged for up to 25 feet of refrigerant line. So that means, guys, when you have a mini split, you got your indoor air handler that you mount up on your wall and they have your outdoor unit. And typically, you can't go longer than 65 feet, according to Captain's research here. And sometimes people need to go further. So he goes, the grow room is roughly 55 feet from where the outdoor unit will be. So woohoo, he's got uh, he's got it there. That's a lot of refrigerant line, man. That line That's is not cheap. That's a lot cheap. of line, man. He says he decided to get a dual zone unit and put another indoor air handler in the upstairs bedroom. That way, the neighbors and in-laws can see the lines going right up to the outside window of the house of the master bedroom. That's see, that's slick. That's why I like this. It's like you know, being in a when you want to be ultra incognito. And you got, you know, your neighbors over there barbecuing. Hey, what you doing, man? You're like, oh, I'm just putting in my mini split. Just want to keep the bedroom cool. Don't mind the line I hid that's going down to the basement. But if you do get caught with that one, you just say you have a server room. So <laughs> there you go. But yeah, that's pretty slick, man. So he's going to have two head units um, and running that way. Uh, he's got the bedroom, bedroom and the grow room covered. He says he's installing it himself uh, with a little guidance from Costa Mesa Steve and Regardless, um, he said, which this, this is kind of interesting, which you have to do. He says, installing it yourself voids the warranty, but what else are you going to do depending on where you live? I mean, here, I just, you know, call an HVAC guy, call Temp Needs Todd or whatever. But right, um, you do got to be careful, man. If uh, you're doing this, uh, just, yeah, I don't think Cap and he's going to do it great. Starting on electric tomorrow, shipping the unit today, super excited. He said everything together got up to about $4,000. But uh, he's going to have with a, the extended line set and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, just the, he says the unit plus the outdoor unit plus the two indoor units. So the outdoor is a condenser, and then he's got two air handlers or two uh, evaporators in there. That's twenty five hundred bucks. Not bad at all, man. So no, not at all. And yeah, if you're getting any, you can always uh, get a hold of us. I should hook you up, hook Captain. I'll hook you up with uh, 
with Temp Needs Todd's number, you can give him a call. Tell him, uh, yeah, might be in touch because you can run into uh, you can run into issues and in dealing with that refrigerant line and stuff. There's a lot of specialty tools. You know what's cool, though? The vacuum pump that you would use to uh, make good extracts. You can hook that shit up and evacuate your... uh, Yeah, you can just evacuate your uh, refrigerant line with it, too, man. It's funny. That's where originally they were coming from was the HVAC industry. And then they started making ones that were, like, rated for butane and shit. Really? I like it. The butane ones, yeah, have to be... uh think different oil or something or yeah i mean i'm sure they had used different types of rubber in there that's not going to evaporate uh not evaporate but erode you know when yeah. constant uh, <laughs> butane is used solvents are used or let's get ready to put it in the bag man i did want to say we had to give a shout out to uh way to grow if you guys are a colorado grower hook up any seven way to grows use dude grows account or get the Dude Grows Bulb Deal, 1,000-watt Hortilux HPS industry standard bulb, I'll call it, for $60. $60, um, as many as you want, not just one, not just two, maybe 100, maybe 600. You're in Colorado, you don't ever know, you know, guys guys coming in to buy one and one another guy's coming in to buy 600 for sure. Absolutely. That's the truth. And, uh, yeah, other than that, uh, what do you got, Scotty? You got anything else before we put it in the bag here? You know what, man? Help a brother out. DGC, I need a hand, man. I'm trying to load the website up with good shit, man. So do go on over there and throw some memes up. I'm going to select one uh, for the show art uh, starting uh, Wednesday. And, uh, man, I also have a review section there. I'm trying to learn more about strains. Uh, I think that's cool to talk about on the show. Uh, I tried to do uh, some strain reviews from the what are we smoking on section and, and some uh, bud reviews there. Uh-huh. But, man, it's, it's a little bit all over the place, man. It's hard for me to do that while I'm doing the show. Uh, let's just throw them all on dudegrows.com. You can go right on the homepage or just submit a strain review. Help me work, you know. I'm working the kinks out of it right now, so if it don't go perfect, man, let me know. But uh, that's where I want to start pulling strain reviews from, and that's where I want to start pulling show art from. So, uh, yeah, help a brother out, man. Let's see if we can't uh, have a cool strain review for uh, Wednesday's show, you know, for the, the what kind of weed we smoke in segment. And, uh, yeah, let's pull some killer memes out as well. Word. I'm down. Um, that's I'll it. start it up, man. I'm, I think I'm going to put a couple up today, man. I'm going to be the DGC, yo. <laughs> All right, well, let's put it in the bag here, guys. Thanks for listening in. We'll be back at you Wednesday with what's growing on, talking about what's going on in our grows and the rambling in general about whatever we want with cannabis. And, uh, yeah, that's about it, man. So thanks for listening. Episode 125, we're getting up there, man, getting up there. I like it. Hell, yeah, man. Having a good time, dude, having a good time. Take it easy, guys. We'll see you Wednesday. All right.